we just uh, emphasize those low emission eats and we say this is a low emission eat. So if you care about this topic, then you could potentially choose the low emission eat on the menu. Hello. Thank you so much for letting Earth Care be a part of your probably very busy schedule. I'm Sarah Christie. It means a lot to me. This episode, super excited about. We're going to dive into another brand new concept to me, maybe you as well. Now, you're probably familiar with nutritional labels that you see on food, right? You can read them. You might have a brief idea of what they mean. What about a carbon label? A label to show you the environmental footprint of your food. So today we're catching up with climate activist Nika Moini at Lighter Foodprint. This is a company that works with the food service industry to reduce their carbon footprint. They do this through carbon labeling. Now, if you didn't hear about it, read about it. The IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, released a recent update on the state of our climate. In that, they included an action plan. And with that, they touched on food. So the report says reducing livestock farming, protecting and reforesting forests, and preserving and rewetting peatlands, for example, will reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So this really is the perfect time for Nika to hop in and break down the impact our global food system has on the environment. During this interview, Nika chats about how the carbon labels are calculated, how they benefit the restaurants that are using them, and how they can empower us as a consumer in our mission to thinking with the environment in mind. Nika Moini from Lighter Food Print, welcome to Earthcare. Thank you so much for sharing your time with this interview series. This is a really cool concept and one that is completely new to me. Can you just talk about what Lighter Foodprint is in the first place? Yeah. So Lighter Foodprint is a climate labeling organization. So essentially what we do is we calculate the emissions of dishes um, in restaurants and we put a label next to that menu item. So because food uh, production is responsible actually for over a quarter of total greenhouse gas emissions, we essentially offer a solution for restaurants to be a part of the solution by raising awareness um, and having transparency about the food choices on the menu. So the labels basically appear in uh, a low emission eat format for those menu items that are lower in emissions. Um, And essentially the way that we uh, calculate them is based on the baseline dietary emission reductions that are necessary to avoid a climate disaster by 2030, according to the World Resources Institute. So using a baseline of the average North American diet, um, kind of what food choices are going to be those low emission eats to help us uh, get there. So, so far, um, we are in Vancouver in a restaurant called Pacific Poke. And um, that's, that's our first partnership. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of an overview of uh, our organization. Okay. There are like, like five different directions I could go here from that. But let's start with how as a customer would I read a climate label? Because, you know, like I look at a bottle of juice, for instance, and I see the nutrition information. I can kind of wrap my head around what that means. What, how am I supposed to interpret a carbon, carbon label? Yeah, for sure. So there's different types of them out there. The one that we use just really says low emission E. So we don't actually put the full number of the carbon emissions. There are some types of labeling that actually will say, for example, a steak is 4.2 
kilograms of CO2, whereas the tofu bowl is 0.1. Um, and so in that case, when all the menu items are labeled, then you can really interpret, you know, which is lower and which is higher. But the way that we've chosen to do it is more so we just uh, emphasize those low emission eats and we say this is a low emission eat. So if you care about this topic, then you could potentially choose the low emission eat on the menu. What are some of the factors that would make something low emissions versus high emissions uh, meal-wise? So essentially the low category um, is based on emissions that, uh, as I said, is recommended for reducing a disaster by 2030. Basically what we do is we calculate the weight of different um uh, different ingredients within that food item. So let's say, you know, there's a certain amount of rice, there's a certain amount of veggies, and then maybe a certain amount of meat. And then we calculate for each ingredient, what were the emissions? And so um, we take these emissions from the World Resources Institute uh, projections of what these different food items are, but there's other things involved as well, like the distance traveled, but more so the actual production. So for example, a piece of animal um, food would, would have a higher food print simply because it requires water and it requires land use and things like that to actually produce that piece of food. Whereas, you know, other types of ingredients have lower emissions. So essentially it's based off of the weight of uh, how much of an ingredient is in that menu item, um, as well as the type of ingredient. Okay, okay. So you also mentioned that oh, I, I actually wrote this down. So great that you mentioned it because I was not forgetting this fact. <laughs> global food system on the website, on your website, it says the global food system is responsible for a quarter of global greenhouse gas emissions, which is, I know we hear a quarter and we're like, that's not a lot. No, that's a lot. How, what is, where are these contributing factors coming from? Yeah, great question. Yeah, quarter is a lot because if we think about all the different things that are part of the economy. We have oil and gas, we have buildings, we have transportation. So there's so much that can go into it. But the reason that our food system uh, contributes so much emissions is uh, firstly, the land use. So planet Earth has you know, a certain amount of habitable land and the rest is ocean or barren land. And so um, deforesting land to actually put farms on that causes a lot of emission because we're deforesting or any kind of land use change where before that was natural land and now it's a farm causes uh, emissions. The next part of it is how the food is grown. So is it grown with um, a lot of water? It doesn't require a lot of water, for example. So when we were talking about the animals, uh, the animals require a lot of water. They require a lot of food um, and the, you know, Growing the food for the animals causes emissions, but the animals themselves, when we talk about cattle, for example, and dairy, um, the cows, they, they burp, they, <laughs> they cause methane through their natural uh, functions, um, which causes the emissions. And then lastly, the actual manure from animals themselves also causes emissions. So, um, you know, when, when the manure is collected and it goes into wherever it goes, that the manure causes methane itself. So there's a lot that goes into that, but um, the transportation is another factor of it, right? When we're shipping the food, but even though buying local is really good, it, it really does come down to how the food was farmed. And that's really where a large part of the emissions come from. So it sounds like a lot of this is awareness and making 
all parties involved aware, right? So uh, Mm -hmm. the restaurant, the food uh, production services, the customers were all now aware by reading these labels of how we're contributing. Um, And, you know, you might think that someone's like, well, I don't really want to change. Why am I going to put this information out there? How would this benefit a restaurant to put it right in the forefront for all of us to see, okay, some of these dishes are low emissions. Some of them are a bit higher. As I mentioned for later food print, we focus on the low emission eats. So we're trying to take that more positive approach and trying to nudge behavior change by focusing on, hey, here's a low emission item. Um, But the way it benefits restaurants is they can really use it as a marketing strategy. You know, they can say, hey, we care about the environment too. This is us having more low emissions eats on our menu. They can also kind of put targets for themselves where before maybe they had one low emission eat and then, you know, they can grow to have more of them on their menu, for example. But um, the main way it benefits them really is just, yeah, giving consumers another reason to go back to the restaurant and engage with the restaurant and start to understand the restaurant sustainability practices, which actually a growing number of Um, Just consumers and average people are looking for that when they go out to eat. They're looking at the menu and they're trying to factor the environment into their choices, right? Even if they're not perfect 100% of the time, they might not even eat plant-based or eat low emission eats most of the time. It gives them that opportunity to do so at the restaurant. I think new tools like this are so powerful as well in just simply getting a conversation going, you know? Um, when I saw a carbon label, I'm like, well, what's that? And I want to read about that. And now I'm talking about it. And so if you go to a restaurant as a customer Mm -hmm. and they just happen to be on the menu, it's naturally organically going to come up in conversation, which is really how a lot of it starts. Um, what are, okay. So you mentioned Vancouver. I'm on the other side of Canada, uh, for restaurants that aren't doing this yet. What do you recommend, uh, some actions? that we can take in our own day-to-day to lower our food print. I reach out to your favorite restaurants and let them know, hey, we would love for you to do carbon labeling on your menu. I'd love to know, you know, more about your sustainability practices. And often restaurants are quite willing to engage. Like we connect with a lot of restaurants just through Instagram and we build those relationships and things like that. So uh, that can really be the first thing that you do is you can request it. Um, and secondly, uh, just learning more yourself about food systems and if to all the listeners, whoever wants to take action, learning more about food systems and in Canada specifically, like how it works, you know, where does our food come from and how is it made and just learning more about it um, and then spreading that awareness to more people, as you're saying, gets the conversation going and it eventually needs to become an actual you know, issue for our governments and for our elected officials and businesses to start taking more seriously, because as you're aware, like food systems isn't really talked about as much as, uh, you know, carbon and, 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 and I mean, transportation and things like that, right? That's more so where the conversation is. So we essentially need to just put this on the agenda by spreading the word and um, trying to be advocates ourselves too. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of Earth Care. Don't forget, you can also find these full interviews on YouTube. You just have to search Sarah Christie, my name, plus Earthcare. They're the same interviews, just with some visual goodies to go along with them. You can subscribe to Earthcare here with this podcast or on YouTube or, hey, both. You do you. Plus, we can also connect on Instagram at Earthcare Show. If you have an idea for an episode, there's something that you want to learn more about or are simply just interested in taking care of our Earth. Let's chat.